Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. My name's Rich, the host around these parts. I am so glad that you've decided to spend some time with us. I know that you've got a lot going on, uh, and we're honored that you would take some time out uh, to spend with us today. I think you're going to love today's conversation because we're talking with the donkey, uh, Lane Sebring. Welcome to the show, Lane. Hey, it's good to be here. Lane's a great leader. Um, I really hope if you're listening in today that you'll get a chance to plug in with what he's got going on. He's got a great name for his site, PreachingDonkey.com, really talking to communicators, people who are passionate about communicating the message of Jesus. And I think Lane, uh, he's one of these guys you should be following and paying attention to. He's got some great, you know, practical help. In a lot of ways, I feel like, um, you know, Preaching Donkey, there's a a great resonance with some of what we're doing at Unseminary, obviously not the same, but similar, just trying to help other church leaders out. Uh, so Lane, I'm just glad that you're here today. Why did you start uh, Preaching Donkey? Tell me about that. Yeah, th- uh, that's a great question. And thanks for having me on the show. Really love your podcast. Lo- I lo- Preaching Donkey is a fan of all things unseminary. Oh, like, we nice. just love you guys. <laughs> so, And everything you put out is just really helpful to the church community. So thank you for that. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, Preaching Donkey started as this idea. When I was in um, college, my undergraduate degree, I did communications and, mm-hmm. and learned kind of the basic principles of what it takes to connect with human beings. And then I went to seminary and I learned how to bore everyone with the Bible. Um, and <laughs> And if you're, if you're a seminarian, I don't mean that as an insult. I'm just saying uh, I, I just saw coming out of seminary, there was so much emphasis on what, what is important. Absolutely, mm-hmm. you know, biblical exegesis and accurately uh, walking people through a text and having a basic accurate sermon. But I started to realize that there wasn't that much of an emphasis on how to clearly communicate those ideas. And, and I just started to write these ideas down and write these things mm-hmm. down that I thought this might be helpful to look at this from a different angle. Mm-hmm. And I'm, the, I'm not the first one to ever do this, but I just started blogging and uh, just started podcasting. And we've got um, you know some people who are connecting with our, our material. And so kind of started from that idea of most pastors, when they finish the message, they ask the question, did I say all of the words that I needed to say? Right. Which is not a good question to ask. The better question to ask is, did they hear what mm. they needed to oh, hear that so, so that they can do something with it? And so communication is the primary principle that, that kind of fuels Preaching Donkey. Oh, I love it. Uh, why is it called Preaching Donkey? Okay, so in Numbers 22, there's a story, very familiar, if you, if you know kind of the Old Testament narratives, of a, a, a donkey named Balaam, mm-hmm. who, what, who God spoke through this donkey, uh, and, or the, uh, I'm sorry, Balaam was the man, but the, his donkey mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. spoke to him, and God used this donkey to communicate a message. And so we just say at Preaching Donkey, if God can speak through a donkey, he can speak through us. And we find <laughs> a lot of encouragement in that, and we yes. don't take ourselves too seriously because... God used a donkey one time, and, it, yes. and he may go back to doing that, but right now he uses people. So When I was a kid, uh, the, uh, Balaam's donkey story was one of those that you'd look up because in the King James it said Balaam's ass, which was just right. a great, yeah. you know, and when you're like a junior high kid, 
Um, that's the kind of stuff that and Song of Solomon is just great stuff to look up. So, oh yeah, uh, I used to, we used to sit in church and just find those verses and <laughs> yeah. give them to each other. And <laughs> look at that. Pass the time. Yeah, yeah. it's that's uh, that's fantastic. When I was in uh, when I was in school preaching class, I was in it was like a radical idea at the time. I don't think it's a radical idea today, but at the time, our preaching prof um, would would roll out um, uh, David Letterman, uh, you know, video VHS tapes that mm-hmm. we'd watch, and and at the time that was such a radical idea. Like, oh my goodness, we have to look at how people in the culture are, are communicating. Right. Um, and, you know, let's kind of unpack that a little bit. What would you say, you know, are some of those ways that maybe the traditional seminary approach to, you know, sermon, you know, preparation and, um, you know, pr- you know, presentation maybe isn't covering it, isn't doing what it needs to do? What are some of those things um, that you've had in your system or you're encouraging your system really for uh, communicators? Well, I, I think part of it has to do with the, the communicator is always thinking about the listener, whereas the, the preacher tends to think about the text first, the text second, the text last. Mm. And uh, really, the text does come first. The text is primary. We, we need to be preaching the word. Uh, and some people have confused preaching donkey in our message for being not, not that. And we're, we're, we, could be, uh, we are so far away from uh, saying that you shouldn't preach the word. We're all about preaching the word. And we actually think preaching the word is so important that it needs to get across. So communication and preparation of the sermon begins with the idea of who am I talking to? Mm. Um, if I'm speaking to a, a group of people and I know them and they know me and I can connect with them on this level, then I know what would apply to them. I know what would connect with them. I know what they care about, what they don't care about. So beginning uh, to think about the listener. And I think also preparation, typically uh, what, you, what you've found kind of traditionally is the pastor would go into a room uh, like Moses walking up to a mountain, right? <laughs> and he would go into a room and he would sit in there for 20 hours. And a lot of pastors would would pride themselves on, you know, it takes me 30 hours a week to prepare. I, just me in a room with my books and my Bible and my mm-hmm. brain and my, mm-hmm. and my God. Mm-hmm. And then I come out and I give, I say, thus saith the Lord. Right. And um, what, what happens if you do that week after week, year after year for decades on end, you, you really start to draw from a dry well. It's just mm-hmm. you and your thoughts. And sure, you're reading things, but you are you are constantly just giving out of the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so we, we encourage a, a preparation method that's team-driven. Um, mm-hmm. If you think about everything we do in churches, especially these days, it's all team-driven. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're not working in teams, you're not doing what you should be doing, mm-hmm. equipping people and working in teams. So the preparation process for the sermon actually begins with a team of people that are looking at the same content, the text, looking at the message series, if you mm-hmm. teach the series, which mm-hmm. obviously we recommend that, um, and then looking at what is the objective and desired response uh, for this sermon and for the, the series as a whole. So, so what is an objective? How, mm-hmm. how do we define that? Objective mm-hmm. for a sermon is what do we want the sermon to do? Mm-hmm. So if I'm preaching a message and I don't know what, what I want my sermon to do, then it's really confusing for me when I go to prepare. So mm-hmm. I, I want to know what the sermon is supposed to do. The desired response is what are people supposed to do with the sermon, right? Mm, yes, um, yeah. And so I need to know very clearly what the sermon does and what people do with it. And so those two things, I, I feel like when you're contrasting it with a more traditional approach, um, a lot of times those the thinking about the end and the listener is really kind of an afterthought. And we just say, push it to the forefront. Mm-hmm. Very cool. You know, I, I, one thing I've noticed as you know, you deal with, I've had the privilege over the years of interacting with some very large churches that have had, you know, great impact. And one of the interesting things, there is that notion of like the lone pastor that goes up onto the hill. Um, but actually the pattern I've seen pretty consistently in large kind of name brand churches is preaching as a team sport. 
you know, they, they have a group of people around them that are helping with the content. Some of that staff, some of that's volunteers, but it's not, although at the end of the day, they're the one that's going to stand up and, and actually deliver the message. There's typically a group of people around them on that. What are you seeing work? Let's say it's, you know, maybe a smaller church, a few hundred people. How can they kind of get more people involved in the preparation process, even on the front end to get people, you know, plugged in on the team side? That's a great question, yeah, because uh, that comes a lot when, when we talk about this and write about it. People will say, sure, that's great if you've got a staff of 100 people. Right. You can pull anybody you want. What do you do if you have a church of 100 people? Well, what I say is uh, begin, and, and I outline a kind of a method in, my, in the book that's going to come out, or that came out May 3rd, uh, about how to, how to build a team informally. Because when we think about a preaching team, it's this big, heavy, okay, does that mean we have to meet? Like our preaching team meets every Monday. Mm-hmm. We meet at uh, 2 o'clock and... And it's a, it's a set pe- set amount of people. Not every team needs to look like that. Uh, mm-hmm. It could be a it could be an informal um, group of people that you have reached out to mm-hmm. and invited them into the mysterious world of sermon preparation, where mm-hmm. maybe just at some point during the week you bounce your ideas around with them over mm-hmm. coffee or you do it over email. Yeah. Uh, I, I think most pastors would be surprised to find out how many people in their church are actually very intrigued by mm-hmm. the content that's created. Mm-hmm. And when, when you start to invite people into that, a lot of times what you'll find is people will say, yeah, I, I have ideas. And, mm-hmm. and it's important to reach out to the right people. Um, mm-hmm. And it's important to reach out to people that are thoughtful and that have the same vision that you do and, and support the church. But when you find those people, it doesn't always have to be a meeting in person yeah, once a week. a good flag, yep. For yeah. sure. Yeah. And even even, you know, passing ideas around on email or like, hey, I'm thinking about doing a thing in the summertime on the book of John, you know, yeah, but I'm kind of stuck on it. You know, this is what I'm wrestling with. What you know, what do you think? And, um, you know, finding that group of people, whether it's like you say, formal or or informal, you know, on the delivery side, you know, people there was a time when, you know, compelling communication was standing behind a very large wood lectern um, and screaming at the top of your lung. Um, you know, <laughs> that's changed. What are you seeing on that front from a preaching kind of preaching donkey point of view? What are you seeing on the delivery point of view that's maybe people need to be thinking about? I, I think uh, one of the one of the recent interviews that you did, I think back in, in April, where you had a, a guy talking about teams and he was mentioning just even your volunteer teams, they're not thinking about church until 9 a.m. Sunday morning, right? Yeah. You're thinking, about, lucky. It seven days, right. You're thinking <laughs> yes. about it seven days a week. They yeah. think about it at 9 a.m. And, and, and they've got to be there at 9.15. Yep. And they're volunteers. They're the ones who are actually on the tr- in the trenches doing ministry. So if you think about the entire congregation on a Sunday morning or a Saturday night or whenever you meet, mm-hmm. most people are walking in there and they are thinking about anything and everything other than your sermon. And where most people, most pastors get it wrong is they, because they're so excited, we we spend a whole week or two or three for Andy Stanley or three weeks ahead. So he's been thinking about his message for three weeks. Yep. We spend all this time thinking about this material that's about to just burst out of us. And we have to really think, are the people there yet? And the, mm-hmm. and the reality is some are, most aren't. So it's really mm-hmm. your job to create interest. And so with a little bit of knowledge of how people receive information and make decisions, I think a preacher can really affect the hearts and minds of the listener. One of the principles that we outline in the book is getting people to uh, care before they know, mm-hmm. getting people to care before they know. Uh, a lot of pastors come out with the knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where we get the old adage, three points in a poem. Make the points, give a poem, and then the points are supposed to be the information that, that they, oh, yes, that's true. And then the poem is supposed to be the thing that really moves their heart, mm-hmm. and, then, and then you go on from there. The problem with that method, and that's kind of an old 
old way of doing it. Uh, not wrong or right. It's just a just one of the methods. But uh, Aristotle's uh, uh, theory of communication suggests that there are basically three. Uh, ways that people connect with a the message. There needs to be ethos, pathos, and logos. So mm -hmm. ethos is the credibility of the speaker. So they have to trust you. They have to know that you are a um, that you have a trustworthy message. And then pathos, you have to move them on an emotional level. Mm -hmm. And then logos or logos, it has to make sense logically. And it has to be mm -hmm. something that connects with their mind. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times pastors have the ethos because they're maybe it's their church and they know them. So then it's down to pathos and um, and, and logos, but a lot of pastors will, will hit the lo logos really hard. Here are the points, here are the facts, here's the propositional truths, here's the text, the text, here's the, the text. sticky statement. Right, and then at the end of it, they say, okay, how can we get people to care about this? Mm -hmm. And that's inverted. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Darlene Price wrote a great book called Well Said, and mm -hmm. she outlines how basically the way humans make decisions, and psychology and a lot of research backs this up, is most people make decisions on emotions first, and so then they, they have the facts to, they, mm -hmm. they, they, they get the facts later. So for example, if you go to a car dealership, the car dealer is not going to walk up to you and say, hey, the payments on this are $3.99 a month over 72 months and you can do it because the interest rate is really low. He's not yes. going to get there. Right. What he's going to do is he's going to say, oh, you would look great in that car, wouldn't you? Right. That car would look great on you. Mm -hmm. You would make the road shine with that car. Can you imagine? Right. The, and, then, and then once you're emotionally connected, yeah, sure, then we're going to sit down and talk about financing. But right now, I need to get you emotionally, emotionally invested in this car. Mm -hmm. So as a, as a communicator, you have to, Andy Stanley calls it building tension in his kind of gold standard book, um, Communicating for a Change. Mm -hmm. He t talks about it as building tension. You have to get people to care before they're interested in knowing what you have to say. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very cool. Um, as we continue on, um, you know, the back end after a message happens, um, you know, what are ch church leaders doing to ensure that it's actually making an impact? A part of what I love that you're pushing us here to think through is, you know, let's start with, is it making an impact on our people? Um, what are church leaders doing or what should we be doing, you know, to, to kind of gain feedback about our messages? Right. So like anything else, you, you just have to get honest and regular and consistent feedback. And right. uh, I think this is especially different, difficult for a lot of senior pastors because mm -hmm. most people around you work for you. Mm -hmm. And um, if you don't really set up a culture where they know that you are okay receiving feedback, even if it's a critique, then mm -hmm. you're, you're just never going to hear it. Um, mm -hmm. and, and the feedback you get from your congregation can be helpful, but a lot of times what we talk about at Preaching Donkey is... Um, Positive feedback is usually very general. Hey, great mm -hmm. sermon. Means nothing, kind of encouraging, but doesn't really help you. Negative feedback is usually pretty specific. Your sermon was so awful, I wanted to die. All right. Mm -hmm. um, and so, or what you said here was so bad, I, I, I cringed and I, I hated you for it. And so, not helpful either and kind of discouraging. So, there's something in the middle where uh, to get honest and reliable feedback. This is where your preaching team comes, comes into play. Mm -hmm. um, at our preaching team meetings, we we do a fair amount of evaluation of the previous week's sermon. Mm -hmm. uh, we seek feedback in every possible way. One of the things I teach pastors to do is, if someone comes up to you after a sermon, and it's, and it's not going to be awkward, and they say, hey, your sermon really touched me. Mm -hmm. Most pastors say, oh, thank you. Thank you. It was God. It was God. <laughs> and, then, and then they move on, right. and they never ask why. And it's so why? helpful in that moment where someone has really been moved by your sermon, if it's not going to be uncomfortable, just say, can you just tell me what about it? Right. What was helpful? And a lot of times people will share, well, when you said 
this, it, it just impacted me in this way. Mm -hmm. And if you get enough of those conversations, you start to realize what works and what doesn't. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the same is true if somebody walks up and says, your sermon, uh, I just felt like it was bad or whatever. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, help me understand what what made what what made that negative impact on you. And yeah. so anyway, consistent feedback is really helpful. No, absolutely. I, you know, in our in our church, we have a thing we call Thursday Night Gospel Hour. It's kind of a tongue-in-cheek name because it's it's uh, it's never just an hour, uh, but what we do is um, whoever's preaching this weekend, and this so this is led by our lead guy Tim Lucas, great preacher, great communicator. Um, every week he preaches the entire message for a small group of us. So it, it, there's a kind of a consistent core. There's our secondary communicator. There's myself. Um, there's at least one person from our kind of creative graphics design, you know, department, and then it may rotate. Other people may come through. He full on preaches it. So it's not like he preaches it as if there's a thousand people in the room. So it's, mm -hmm. he delivers it as is. We do a lot of props. He, he does a lot of like, you know, he's using stuff on stage. So part of it is he wants to make sure, you know, that that all works out just even physically. But the amazing thing about it, and you know, he's a, he's an accomplished communicator, is he, we then literally go page by page. He preaches from a manuscript. We literally, after it, give kind of overall feedback, and then go page by page on, and some of it's big stuff. Like this happened a couple of weeks ago, where it was like, Tim, you're preaching two different messages here. You've got this whole thing and that whole thing. You need to get rid of one of them. Pick one or the other. You don't need to do both. Or some of it is literally just like, you know, when you said that that makes you sound really old or like you keep yeah. you keep using 90s TV references. No one, right. Seinfeld's been off the air for 20 years. Stop talking about Seinfeld. <laughs> um, and you know, the amazing thing as a person who gets the privilege of giving that feedback, I'm yeah. always like, man, that says a lot that he's open to that kind of feedback. It um, does. That he's willing to take that. But you know what? I see it. It makes him a better communicator. And as a person who's been on the receiving end of that, when I've preached and had that feedback, I'm. it's invaluable because you get inside your message and you can't get any perspective on it. That is, that's one of the coolest ideas I've, I've heard in a long time. I love that. I think that's fantastic. The Thursday night pre-sermon. That's, that's brilliant. Yeah. And When's your first, do you go, you guys do Saturday night? So Sunday morning, we don't at this point do any don't don't do any Saturday night. Um, okay. And and he would say, you know, because I don't know anyone that does it as robust as us. Um, he, you know, we bump into other church leaders where they talk about like after their first service, they have a group of people that will come in the green right. room and talk through it. Yep. And I'm and you know I'm always like, why wait until then? Like why mm -hmm. wait till you've so you've just punished your first service. Um, right. Why not do it, you know, ahead of time of that? Now, I think, again, a big part of that, that the point, you know, I was trying to make is to open up, um, you know, senior leaders and communicators, be, be open to that feedback um, and open to that evaluation, um, you know, is, is important, you know, as you look, you know, to the future in your communication. And I think in your situation, he probably led the way in that. And Absolutely. that's really important. Senior pastors need to really take a step and lead the way. Yeah, absolutely. He the only reason why we do it is because he set it up. Now, now what what has happened, the interesting thing has happened is over the years because we use that for every time a campus pastor speaks, if we do like a, if a youth guy gets up and speak, they all go through it. There we now have an approach, a system of preaching. Like we have benchmarks for what we're trying to accomplish through it. Um, and that's because he's had to articulate it over the years, but it's now replicatable. Um, it's now able to kind of say, hey, this is this is when you do a message at, at our church, this is what it's going to look like. Um, I, I'm talking too much. Um, you know. No, no, that, that I love that because the consistency, I mean, one of the things we talk about at Preaching Donkey a lot is having, having a schedule. Mm -hmm. um, and I know benchmarks for what you want to accomplish is a little bit different. But mm -hmm. if you know 
on Monday what has to be done and on Tuesday what has yeah, to be done. Right. Um, and the rehearsal, so Thursday night you guys do the rehearsal. I rehearse my sermons on, on Thursday afternoon. I do it to an empty room and you yeah. got my head spinning because I really should do it to a full room or to at least five or six people. But uh, one, I want to say really one thing really quick if we have time about rehearsing. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your worship leader, okay, and your worship team is going to rehearse the same song 57 <laughs> times, Very right? Very good point. A song that someone else wrote and they've done five times already. They're going to yes. rehearse and, and they're going to replicate that process week after week after week. Why? When they get up, they want to know exactly what to expect. Mm -hmm. They want to be able to uh, deliver that song uh, dynamically and, mm -hmm. and, and impactfully. Mm -hmm. Pastors, what will happen is they'll say, well, I've been preaching for a long time. I know what I'm doing. And they, they write it <laughs> and they just get up and, and they go. And I want to know exactly what to expect. And right. I want to hear myself say it because a lot of times I'll hear, I'll go, that is not what I intended for it to sound like. Yes. Or transitions. Mm -hmm. A lot of things get lost in transition from mm -hmm. A to B. There's non sequiturs. Mm -hmm. And you can really, you can clean a lot of that up in rehearsal. So I, I recommend to everyone, even if you can't set up a team like that yet, get in an empty room, as awkward as it is, mm -hmm. take your notes, take your PowerPoint, whatever you use, mm -hmm. and preach as if there's a thousand people in the room. Absolutely. No, that's good. And I think, you know, obviously a few months ago, there was that, uh, you know, gaffe that Andy Stanley had um, where he was, you know, making fun of small churches and all that, which I'm like, P.S. I've never said this on the show. I'm like, P.S. people, give him a break. Like, come on. He's he's a huge supporter of all kinds of churches and, and you know, has one misstep in a message and people jump all over him. But, right. I, but it's interesting. The way I chalked that up to was there's a guy who, you know, he doesn't do the kind of rehearsal thing. He's speaking from points, gets up there, and your mind gets going, and yep. things come out of your mouth. Right. And, you know, when you're Andy Stanley, who none of us are as, as gifted as he is, you can you can get right. away with it, but none of us are that. Um, you know, before we kind of move on with the rest of the episode, anything else you want to share? Well, I, I just want to share with your listeners, if I could, I've, I've got a book coming yes. uh, that came out May 3rd. Yes. This is called Preaching Killer Sermons, uh, How to it. Create and Deliver Messages that Captivate and Inspire. And so a lot of the principles that we outlined in the show today are laid out in that book. Uh, you can also find us at, at, at Preaching Donkey on Twitter, on Facebook, Preaching Donkey, and PreachingDonkey.com. And I also just want to say, um, you know, one of the things that happens when you start talking about preaching is people say, uh, well do you, you know, is that the only thing there is? Do you think that's all there is in church? And I will just say the, I love leading. I love everything about the local church. I love leaders. I love pastors. Mm -hmm. And so as there's been this needed emphasis on leadership and it's everywhere, I wanted to kind of raise the awareness about preaching and say, let's not forget our, our, our purpose here to really deliver a message, uh, the most important message in the world. This is the Unseminary Podcast, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Well, we're going to jump into the lightning round, that part of the episode where we ask similar questions to everybody that's on the show. Super excited to have Lane Sebring with us today from Preaching Donkey. It's been a great conversation, uh, super helpful. Um, Lane, what's an online resource that you're using these days that are helping you out in your ministry? Okay, so uh, Logos Bible Software. I'm not mm. sure if that's really an online or a local resource, but it's... it's uh, outstanding it's the mm -hmm. it's really the best if you don't use it as a especially as a preacher uh, it's fantastic of course evernote to store things feedly is a uh, is a way to to get um, news and mm -hmm. I, I scan through that every night pocket to store those things of course my podcast app I'm a huge <laughs> podcast junkie I listen to podcasts all the time and, and recently I actually got a, 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 an app called overdrive I don't know if mm -hmm. many people have ever heard of this but overdrive connects with your local public library and you can check out ebooks and audiobooks for free mm -hmm. and so there's so many books that I want to read 
that I don't want to buy. Yes, <laughs> and so, exactly. Um, and and so that has been. I've just and I can listen to a book in in two times the speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I've just been tearing through classic books, and that that's kind of a non sequitur. But reading <laughs> is is a reading is a huge part of my life, and I, I love it. So. Uh, cool. Those are kind of some of the things that I've been using. Yeah, Overdrive is amazing. I, I'm like, we use it, and I'm like, I'm not sure how this is even possible, but I'll take it. Yeah, you know, it seems like it shouldn't be allowed. But yeah, it, it seems it, like it, it should be illegal. So I can just like listen to these. I don't have to pay for them, but and right. great. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, what's a book you've read in the last six months, speaking of books, that's had an influence on your thinking and ministry? Okay, so I want to grab it because I, I, I bought several of them for my oh, team. Yeah, um, that's great. This is, this is a book called Leading Change Without Losing It by Kerry yes. uh, Newhoff. He's a, he's a thought leader in church leadership and really simple book. He's written a newer one recently uh, called something. I, I can't remember what it is. But, but this Leading Change Without Losing It, fantastic, really short read, mm-hmm. walks you through a process of how to lead change in your church mm-hmm. and, and do it uh, and survive it and, and really le- walk people through it. Yeah, fantastic. Kerry's a great leader. I deeply respect him. He was on the episode actually way back when that came out. And, um, you know, I, I said to him at the time, because he was writing like some family stuff. He's written another book on family. And at that point I said, listen, and there he was kind of pushing that family stuff more. I said, I think this leading it uh, without change, without losing it is is much better. And he's really kind of shifted his whole brand really in that direction. It's a great book. Uh, you can also go back. We'll put a link in the show notes to the interview with Kerry where he talks about it because it's a it's a great a great read for sure. What's another ministry you're looking at that's uh, Dude, inspiring you I, these days? So many. So, uh, sorry, I mean, to cut you off, no, but so many churches I love. But my my favorite is Life Church, mm. uh, the Life Church, Life dot Church, um, out of Oklahoma City, Craig Rochelle. Yep. I have been so inspired. I actually went to Life Church for about five years when I was mm-hmm. in high school, from mm-hmm. uh, high school and, and part of college from mm-hmm. about two thousand one to two thousand six. And back when I started going there, they only had like ten thousand people in two campuses. <laughs> and by only. by the time. I left, they had like 15 campuses and, and 20,000, and now they've got 25 campuses and 100,000 people, and they just, they do nothing but kill it consistently. Right. They they just murder it, and they're so good at it, and they're humble about it. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I love, I love everything that comes out of there, and mm-hmm. um, big fan. Very cool. If you could get 15 minutes with any leader alive, uh, who would you want to get that with and why? Okay, so I feel like this is such a lame answer because a lot of your people are talking about like they're going to meet with, you know, Vladimir Putin, one guy said, you know, and all this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Honestly, I mean, if I had if I had just a little bit of time, it would have to be Craig Rochelle. Right. Um, because his leadership podcast, all these different things, I would love I just want to get inside his head and right. learn all I can about how he leads. Right. That's great. Good. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I was super excited to have you here today. I'm sure, you know, keeping Preaching Donkey going and your day job and all that. What do you do uh, when you just want to kick back and have some fun, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, relax a little bit? Yeah. So I love hanging out with my wife and my two girls. We've got uh, my wife, Rachel. We've got two little girls, one that's uh, about two years old, almost mm-hmm. two, and one that's about two months old. And oh, so nice. uh, we're rocking the, You're the new You're standing parent. up today. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Standing up and, and surviving. And yeah. um, so love that. I mean, anything, honestly, anything with them is worth doing. Mm. Uh, I actually love to work out in the yard. A lot of a lot of work we do in church never finishes. It's never complete. Oh. I can go outside and work in the yard and there's an end to that. And Amen, I can look brother. at it and say, look what so I did. True. I accomplished something. I cut the grass and it's still cut. <laughs> right. Exactly. It was long and now it's short. I, yes, I, I did exactly. something. 
Uh, I love to read and write. I, I've got about uh, five unfinished kind of half-written <laughs> books that are yes. sitting around in, in, in some document. Yes. And so just I love to, to, to do that. I love to travel anywhere warm. My wife and I, we love the beach. We love the, we love the uh, Caribbean islands. Nice. So, um, and then Netflix. I mean, just we love to veg out and watch TV and catch up nice. on shows and stuff. Good. Well, I want to encourage everybody to uh, make sure they, they check out Preaching Donkey. Make sure they uh, pick up a copy of your book. It's out now. Um, if people, I, I'm assuming you can get that on Amazon. We'll have a link yeah. to it on our, our yep. show notes. Where else, if they want to get in touch with you, can they do that? Yeah, so the book, yeah, available uh, Amazon, Kindle version, and and paperback, depending on which one you want. Uh, you can get a hold of, of, of me uh, at um, lane at preachingdonkey.com. So if you just email me there, you can you can talk to me. Or, um, of course, at preachingdonkey or preachingdonkey.com, you can contact us. Nice. Thanks so much. Appreciate you being on the show today, Lane. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary.